What took me by surprise was that in our last game, which was a playoff game that we lost at home, mm -hmm. the, the fans started chanting one more year. Oh, so and good. so it was just, yeah, That's like it was like, bumps. it was crazy. Never, like I never thought, I just didn't think anyone really knew that I was thinking about it. Mm. You know, like why would they know that this was, like wait a minute, is my play saying that? Like what's going on? No. Um, <laughs> so then, that's always the first question in your mind. You're like, of course. Are you guys saying I should? Yeah, like, like is this a hint or? <laughs> is Sue Bird, and that's really all the introduction she needs. In her legendary basketball career, Sue has won everything you could possibly win. She's a two-time NCAA champion, four-time WNBA champion, five-time Olympic gold medalist, five-time EuroLeague champion, 12-time WNBA all-star, and five-time all-WNBA first team. Sue is also the WNBA's all-time assist leader and is the only player in WNBA history to have a, won a championship in three decades, different decades. Like, that's incredible to me. So, Sue, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm, 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 I'm excited. You threw in the EuroLeague. The EuroLeague we did. titles we, in there. We I like appreciate to talk, that. We like yeah. to talk about um, our, our WNBA stars going overseas and playing and what that <laughs> means because I feel like we get a lot of mixed reactions and it's actually something we'll um we'll talk about later but sure. um what a freaking resume like did you ever when you started out were you like i'm gonna do a lot of <laughs> cool shit <laughs> no um <laughs> not at all i think the interesting thing i was just talking about this the other day um like me and d we're similar ages we get grouped a lot in a lot of things we've had a very similar career path and in a lot of ways we're kind of the first two to live this what we know now as like a woman's basketball life right mm. like get drafted right out of college go pro play overseas play in the national team so i bring that up to say there wasn't like that player that i could be like oh i want to make sure i do all those things um it just didn't exist because we didn't have yeah. the WNBA growing up so i never in like my wildest would have imagined any of this stuff well, it's pretty incredible, and I am so stoked to have you on um, today, and you've been someone we've wanted on for a long time, obviously, because you're a legend. Um, so we're going to start off first talking about right now. WNBA yeah. season just kicked off. Mm -hmm. um, it's year your year 19. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Um, who's counting? But... Um, <laughs> You made the decision to come back another year, mm -hmm. which a lot of people speculated about at the end of last year, myself included. I was like, man, I really hope she plays again because <laughs> it's just fun to watch you. Um, what went into that decision? Like, had you gone at the end of last year, were you thinking it, this might be it? Or had you already made up in your mind you're coming back? No, I thought it was it. Really? Um, yeah. 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 I think like looking back, um, it was an Olympic year. So sometimes I'm like, wow, what would have, what would I felt like if the Olympics actually happened in 2020? Because mm. you were you were you like as in you were potentially gonna um, retire Olympic year? Got it, got it. Okay. See you, bye. So, <laughs> so you know, it was an Olympic year. We take a break. The WNBA takes a break. So we take that break. We go do the thing in Tokyo. We come back. The thing. And and I was pretty tired, like just from all of it. I was pretty tired. And so as the season was winding down, we probably had like 10 or so games left. Um, I just, it was just like a little voice in the back of my head that was kind of like, it's been a good ride. <laughs> like maybe this is it. It's a good time to go out. Um, and I've talked about this before, but um, what took me by surprise was that in our last game, which was a playoff game that we lost at home, mm -hmm. the, the fans started chanting one more year. Oh, so and good. so it was just yeah, That's like it was like bumps. It was crazy. Never like I never thought. I just didn't think anyone really knew that I was thinking about it. Mm. You know, like why would they know that this was? I'm like, wait a minute, is my play saying that? Like, what's going on? No. Um, <laughs> so then, that's always the first question in your mind. You're like, of course. Are you guys saying I should? Yeah. Like, is this a hint? Or <laughs> um, yeah. So when that happened, it just um, like I said, it took me aback. But I also was like, all right. I took a couple days. I said I was going to take a couple months. In reality, I did. I didn't tell the team for a couple mm. months. But in those first couple days, or like right away, I was kind of like, all right, I think I'm going to do this. And I just like retire. As if, no, 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 no. Sorry, come back. 
Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Because um, all arrows were pointing towards retirement. So I was like, okay. no, you know what? I'm like, I think I might run this back one more time. Okay. Um, so that's where we're at now. So is this running it back one more time or is this a, we'll see how it goes? Um, like a combination. Like I'm okay. pretty sure it's just one more time. Um, I, I joke now, Tom Brady, like, just gave me like the perfect punchline for all of this. I don't want to pull a Tom Brady, even okay. though I totally understand what happened. Can't you just totally relate? Like things ended, like emotional, got caught up, said what he said only to be like, oh, wait a minute. Actually, I do have more gas in the tank. Like I can relate to that a little bit. A hundred percent. I feel like, and I feel like even the retirement switcheroo is the perfect almost way for an athlete to decompress. And, mm-hmm. and there it takes all the pressure off. You know, it's like, it's over. All right, he's done. Boom. Yeah. Okay. He has 40 nice days, you know, 40 days and nights. And then like, he's like, oh no, I can, I can do this. Yeah, like, because oh, I, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah like totally. I had, I, I had a mini retirement and it felt pretty good, but like, no, my body, my, my heart, everything is not, not done yet. Exactly. So in my attempt to not pull a Tom Brady, um, I'm leaving this tiny crack open just just for that reason, like to be sure, to be like a hundred percent sure. But as I sit here and I've said this throughout the start of the season, I'm like pretty sure <laughs> that it's the last. That's, that's yeah, that's the final season. Okay, so yeah, I was gonna ask. So how are you feeling now that season has started? Games have started, gone through preseason. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Like, are you like, oh, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm doing this, or you're like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I maybe, I maybe should have. <laughs> Called Just it called it a day. No, no, no. I feel, I feel glad. I feel glad that I'm doing it um, more than anything because last year I was more like wishy-washy about it. I wasn't like certain, and now I'm starting to see like, okay, like this feels like this feels like this or this feels like that. I'm sorry, it's like all starting to show itself. Um, the, the the first part of our season's been a little tough because we have we've already had some like COVID protocol player mm. out. Um, we have a we have like a fairly new team. So it's just been, it's been pretty up and down, but even that hasn't necessarily that, you know, sometimes I feel like if you lose, it can be easy to be like, Oh God, I'm over the shit. Let me get out of here. Yeah. 100%. But, but I feel like we're going to come around, let the season kind of unfold as it unfolds. And I'll, I'll start to, to, to even solidify like how I feel about retirement. All right. So how's the bod feel? Pretty good. Good. Pretty good. Yeah. 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 So far, knock on wood so far. So good. Little, you know, some some bumps and bruises here and there, but I'm all right. I mean, absolutely incredible that you're still like playing at the level that you are. And yeah, it's, it's not different. there's like it, I mean, it's it's mind blowing. It's, it's so different. it's I honestly think that's like such a badge of honor to be yeah. able to do and perform at the level that you do for as long as you have and be so consistent. I mean, listen, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm glad uh, because you're it is it's hard. Anyone that knows like knows it's yeah. hard. And I think one of the harder elements is you have to change your game a little bit. Like you can't, you can't do what you did at 25. Like you yeah. just can't, you can't, <laughs> I can't even do what I did at 35. <laughs> like, which is so sad. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, people watch me play now. They probably think like, this is what it is. I'm like, I was something totally different five years ago. Um, and there's like a, almost like a mourning process in that mm-hmm. you got to like let go and just kind of, be who you are in this moment. So there are times where it's like, oh, I wish I could do more. And then there's times where I'm like, this is who I am. And I'm just gonna, you know, be the best version of that, which is very cliche, but it's true. Do you feel like you're, your best, you're the best player you've been at this point? Like, cause I under, you're kind of saying how maybe physically, are there certain things that mm-hmm. physically, yeah go down a step right but Mm -hmm. then the experience Mm -hmm. and the confidence and the mental side and emotional side of the game and handling that to me is just there's no comparison the the physical will never beat that out in my opinion yeah no so I totally agree and I think the way I would describe it it's like when those two things meet that's your best that's your best self that is your best yeah I don't even Yeah. And I don't even know. A lot of people will say like, oh, I mean, it changes. It's like so individualized. It changes from from athlete to athlete. Sometimes people are like, oh, your prime is 28. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, maybe physically. But there's this whole other level of experience. To your point, you're going to get if you can like 
keep that physical, just kind of maintain that for as long as you can. And then all of a sudden the experience kicks in. And again, when those two things meet, that to me is a, if a player gets there, like you have to get there, but that to me is prime. Like that's when you're just out there, like the game slows down, you're basically controlling things. It's yeah. So that was, I feel like those years. And if I had to put them out there, I would say from like, like, 36, 37, 38, a little bit of 39, which was like our bubble season. Okay. Um, I feel like those were probably like my prime years. Mm. I dig it. And I agree. It's, it is so I, I've, I'm not as old as you, but I am <laughs> getting later in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am like starting to see similar things in that the physical side, you have to stay up there. You have to mm-hmm. keep adding to it. Um, but it's just, it's a different world when the mental and the experience side kicks in and it's like a whole different level. Um, have you been getting already questions after every game? Like, Sue, is this it? Is this the last time you're going to play at this arena? Yeah. Um, yes and no. So it's early on in the season. It was like that. It was like, Hey, so this is probably your last first day of training camp. And I was just (laughs) like, all right, like I can't, it's, this can't be like every little, you know, moment uh, ends up being like that. So there was, there was a point early, um, or actually, actually might have been our media day. So we have all the media there, they're asking all the questions. And I just basically said, I was like, listen, I'm not trying to make this season about this. Hmm. I'm not trying to make every time I'm at an arena about that. Like there'll be a time, like every player, when they, when they retire, there's a time to celebrate it. That time will come. Like until then, it's still like about the season. So it happened a little bit early, but it's it's tapered off. All right, so you're throttling back everybody's yeah. uh, badgering of questions. <laughs> so my last question on this, which okay. I'm also kind of badgering you about, um, is there anything that as you have started to approach retirement and know that it's gonna happen, is there mm-hmm. anything in your career or your approach to the game or how you look at things that you're doing specifically with the thought of retirements in your mind? All right. So you play, I'm sure you could probably answer this question the exact same. Like you play for so long, you kind of just have a routine, you have a habit, how you approach it. Right. So I went into this season thinking, you know what, I'm going to loosen up a bit. Like this could be, this could be like the final year. So the moments where like will be a good example, like, let's say I'm about to walk onto the court to warm up. And I'm like, if there's a bunch of fans who want to like say what's up, maybe I'll take that time. Like maybe I'll loosen up a bit because usually I'm just like at the beginning of a game. Yeah, business. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to like mess around. We'll deal with that after. Yeah. Or maybe if I'm like on on the way out, like back to the locker room, I'll stop. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to loosen up. So I did that like kind of early. Okay. Tried it in preseason. And very quickly I realized like it just throws me off. Mm. It just throws me off a little bit. Because how do you break like a 20-year routine and a 20-year habit and a 20-year mindset? So even if I wanted to be like loosey-goosey about this year and just like, hey, I'm enjoying it all, it's really hard to break it. So I'm trying to find that happy medium. I haven't figured it out yet. (laughs) All right. I I find that hilarious to know because it's like you tried. And it's like, yeah. And that's just one example. Like I tried it in like my pregame routine, like Usually, like, I'm all like, I need my rest. I got to eat this and I got to do that. And I got to take a nap. And I'm like, what do I need a nap for? Let me just go. If I want to go down the street, get a coffee, let me do that. And now it's just like, it throws me off. So I'm like, I, I mean, need to go back to the routine. Old habits are hard to break. And so hard. your habits have created a lot of success. So <laughs> why are we going to try to change them now? Um, that's great. I love that. Um, so when... And if you do hang them up, you will be leaving mm-hmm. the WNBA in a very different place than you mm-hmm. found it. Yes. Um, right now, a lot of the conversation around WNBA is this question of expansion versus growing teams' rosters. So I'm curious mm-hmm. what your take is on that. Do you think that WNBA needs to expand other into other markets, um, bring more teams in, or do you think the best future for the league is first growing? roster sizes, and then expansion? So this is a tough one because the answer isn't about like what I want. Yeah. (laughs) Because there's just some things that are doable and some things that aren't. And I personally think it is more 
it's a, a little bit more realistic to expand teams, like to add two teams. So we have 12 now, get to 14, because that brings in two more owners, their own like, you know, bank with their own salary cap versus asking the current 12 to put more money in. Because what's not going to happen is you're not going to add roster spots and the salary cap not go up. Like that's not, if they tried to do that, I'd be like, that's insane. Like we're already having a problem squeezing, you know, 11 or 12. So that would, and I feel like we'd be, we'd have better luck getting like two different ownership groups in. And I know a lot of people think the negative to expansion is that it'll, cause you have to have expansion draft. And so it could like spread out the talent too much where it kind of waters the league down. But my argument to that is there's so much talent that's kind of getting, you know, cut or they never yeah. get to get seen. And you need to be in the professional environment to grow that. To, to grow those players for them to like get that taste and so you know what it might not be great for the league in the short term like yeah maybe the teams do get watered down a little bit and so the competition takes like a little bit of a hit but in the long term i think it's 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 what's best i feel like the WNBA is so competitive and you guys have had 12 leagues or 12 teams for mm-hmm. a while now and like mm-hmm. you said good players are having to be cut because there are only x amount of spots that's it and i feel like adding two teams would not water down the league as much as maybe in early days. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I see what people say when they say it would water it down. I do get it because we, but wouldn't it be, it would only be 24 or 28. How many 14, right? On a roster? No, 12, 12. So only 24. Yeah. New or more players within the league. I think you have to like kind of look at it the other way. You have to think of it as right now the competition in the WNBA is like high, high level because it's 12 teams and 12 roster spots. So every team has crazy it's talent. So good. Yeah. yeah. So you don't want to like, it's not that it's not that it'd be a bad thing. It's just that it's so good now. You don't want to like ruin that. Right. Yeah. Like when you watch the finals, it's like these games are becoming like epic. They're yeah. becoming like instant classics. So you don't want to ruin that. So I think that's where people come from when they when they say adding teams would be a bad thing. No, no, I totally get it. We've had the same discussion within NBCL about it too, because mm-hmm. in the beginning we were like, well, we need to get the level up first, and then yeah. we can talk about adding yeah. teams and spreading out talent. And um, then you won't get sick of playing each other. Yeah, times. I know, right? Oh my god. <laughs> um, how many times do you guys all play each other? Um, so now we play every team three times okay. it's like a balanced schedule it used to be you played the west coast team well we're, we're in the western conference obviously so we played the west teams four and so there were there were years where we would play one team like seven eight times if we met them in the playoffs yeah it was like it's so much i mean we've it's already so played north carolina how many times we played seattle twice and we're about to play them a third time yeah no i agree it's crazy yeah, it's like, um if you were gonna if it was up to sue bird and you could pick two cities to get a franchise. Oh. Which two would you pick? I would pick the Bay Area, San okay. Francisco, probably. Nice. Um, I think Portland would be a good one. I agree. Yeah. And then I hear like rumors and whispers of Toronto being interested. And I actually hear great things about that city. I've never been, but I hear great things about them from like a basketball perspective. We play in the summer. Obviously, so it wouldn't, we wouldn't have to deal with the winter that's up there, which can be tough. Deal with the winter. You don't. You play indoors. I know, but it's, I mean, <laughs> walking to get your coffee still, before a yeah, game. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still living. You don't want to deal with that. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Um, no, Toronto's a great, great city, and I think that I mean they obviously are big time for their basketball there. So I feel like it would do well. But Portland and Bay Area, gotta agree with you. I feel like those would do 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 well. Do you think that'll happen soon? I think I do. Yeah. Okay. It's just a lot of it is just what you hear. I'm sure yeah. it's the same for you. It's like you hear stuff, you hear about totally. this person interested in that city, this that. But it's just starting to gain like more traction. Yeah. It, it used to just be like whispers, and now it's like actual talks. True. That's cool. So, we'll well, see. I'll be excited to see what happens there. Um, transitioning a little bit from WNBA to what some players have described as their real job, which is playing abroad. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, Candace, Candace Parker actually is the one who That's what like, she said. Yeah, like WNBA is my side hustle. I mean, um, yeah, now she's in TNT. I'm like, she's, she, she's on 
literally work. I mean, sometimes I look at her, I see her on TV. I don't know like, how she does it. I'm like, so, do you not have two kids? Lives in <laughs> lives in LA. Well, I don't know. I think she still lives in LA. She might have moved to Chicago too. I'm like, how, working in Atlanta. I'm like, you go, man. Yeah, That's she. Like, woof. T- talk about grinding. That doing it girl all does it all. Yeah. Um, but first, I want to talk about Brittany Griner. Um, mm. A lot of listeners probably know the situation. She's being detained over there. Um, I want to ask you, how are you guys, how is the mood amongst players? Because I heard a lot about it when it first happened, when the news first broke, she's been over there. She was being detained for three weeks and then it kind of went quiet. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why is no one really talking about this? And Mm -hmm. then it came out that friends and family were kind of like, don't make a big deal of it. And I think I actually read this in the NWS or the um, JWS newsletter that it was like we don't want to ruffle feathers. We don't. We need to handle this, figure things out. But it officially, the State Department I think is made the um, determination that they're going to actually mm-hmm. try to intervene, get her back here. So how's everything? And, and since then, WNBA has now put decals on on every um, court. So how how is that? How are the players doing with all of that? Yeah, um, I mean, you, you touched on a lot of it. And, and I think the hard part was um, early on, knowing the strategy was to be quiet because yeah, we didn't want BG to be a political pawn. We just, nobody knew like what was what, what was up, what was down. We had multiple, I mean, our group chat for like the union members is constantly going on about it. Um, we had multiple like Zooms and different conference calls, either just updating us on what was happening with BG or actual strategic calls discussing what we're talking about right now. So, I mean, it was hard because I think all of us, it's, I mean, it's just so tough to, to think of BG who's like this gentle giant, like sweetest human sitting in a Russian jail cell, you know? And every time- it's wild. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And every time, you know, her hearing comes up, they push it back. So just understanding that emotional roller coaster, like the toll it must be taking on her. And I think in general, we all just miss her. And, you know, early in the season, uh, one of our preseason games was in Phoenix. And that I think is when it hit me the hardest. I can Mm. really, I can't imagine what the Phoenix players go through because, um, you know, I think of BG often and we actually have, this email address that we can write letters to, or if you wanted to like send, I've been sending her these like short stories. Have you ever seen the humans of New York Instagram page? Yeah. I've been like copy and pasted those and sending those. So I give her something to read. Yeah. Um, The whole idea is that her lawyer, her Russian lawyer can print that Mm. and give her something to, you know, to have. So, and that's like the one way to communicate. Um, But yeah, so like I said, so we all write her and we think about her, but when I got to Phoenix and the game started, or actually not even the game, it was like walking into the arena and you see her picture everywhere. And they're doing a really great job of like keeping her front of mind. Mm -hmm. Their franchises, I think all the franchises are, but especially Phoenix, it really hit. I mean, it was like they were doing their intros and she was a part of the video and it it took everything kind of like not to get emotional with it because again, it's just, I know people see her as, you know, a basketball player, an Olympian, this and that. Like to us, it's like, it's BG. Like it's the homie, it's our friend, it's, you know, it's our teammate. And it's just, again, really hard. But now, like you said, the strategy has shifted because she has been um, tabbed as wrongfully detained. Yes. And now the government can get way, like much more involved and we can do our part to make sure they are, you know, true Falling to their word. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of where we are now. So anything we can do to shed light on it, keep her name in the forefront we're doing yeah um yeah i can't imagine having no no, like knowing someone it's a nightmare and that's 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 happening to them it's a nightmare so in in kind of continuing on this russia theme you've played in russia Mm -hmm. and a lot of WNBA players have played in russia so what has now that situation become because obviously all these players came or most of them minus BG left as soon as or quickly after soon after Russia invaded Ukraine so I assume the option to play in Russia is off the table moving forward yeah they've been banned from I mean every sporting event yeah they've been banned so 
similar to basketball, the leagues um, have been banned from FIBA, like the EuroLeague competitions. I want to say their national team is also banned from international competition. Um, but regardless of that, as an American, I don't think anyone would go over there now. Yeah, yeah for sure. To go play. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, and WNBA players, like we kind of talked about a, a second ago, play in the WNBA, but then make most of their money overseas. Yes. And at what point or when do you think that's going to change? Because even in preparing for this, for context, and you you obviously know this, WNBA is trying to clamp down on players playing abroad and are going to, yeah, going to penalize players for showing up late, which a lot of players do who play overseas. Mm -hmm. They, They essentially... End WNBA season, mm-hmm. go overseas, and and then immediately they they're up until the day preseason starts, if not a couple days late, showing yeah, up to preseason. Late. Yep, um, that's just been the normal life for all of us. Um, coming back, getting here. I mean, there's Kayla McBride. The other day, they just uh, she plays for Minnesota. They played LA a couple days ago, and I think she landed the night before. Maybe, maybe two nights before, got her physical, met the team on the road, played in the game. She actually balled out too, but like played in the game. This is like normal. There's so, there's so many years where I literally got back the day before a regular season game. Um, so, I mean, there's no really short way to explain this, but I'll try. The owners of the WNBA in our last CBA, like this is what they wanted. It's called prioritization. It was their non-negotiable. So mm. while we're trying to talk about how can we grow the game and how can we get more money in our salary cap and how can we get, you know, like maternity, hundred percent maternity leave. Like we're having all these conversations. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. But, but <laughs> like we can't even have that conversation until we talk about this, which is again called prioritization. So this was what the owners wanted. And from what I understand, like I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth from what I understand their vibe is, the only way to grow the league is if we have the WNBA be everyone's priority. And to them, that means not coming late. It also like the good part is it also means they're providing opportunities like financial opportunities to stay home mm. when maybe you stay home and mark, help market the league, or maybe you're doing you know things for your team in terms of marketing. Um, they're trying to provide all that. And we're going to see how it goes next year is the first year it kicks in. And I think it's, that you can't you can't miss a regular season game and you can be late to training camp but you get fined those days. What and then is, it's 2024 is when you can't be late to day 1 of training camp. If you are happens, suspended, can't play oh, the whole season. Oh, so if you out. miss a game you're suspended. It's not just like you nope, get docked some pay. Nope, done. What? Yes, that's so that's where that's why players and you have to understand like <laughs> What I'm hoping, and I'll, I'll be long gone, obviously, and what I'm hoping is that that the owners were right and this works mm. and it sets this whole new, I mean, I just talked about how me and Dee were kind of this first generation to live this life. I hope it's like a whole new life for these younger totally. players where they don't have to go overseas because they're making bank over here, right? Like that's the hope. But I think a lot of players, and I'm kind of 50-50 on this because I don't go overseas, so the, like that pull, I don't have, like sometimes I joke, it's like this little binky. It was my binky for a long time. Like yeah. I cared for that thing. Like no way were you taking overseas away from me. Five Euro League championship. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Um, fuck, got to get that in the bio on the regular. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> no, but uh, so I think a lot of players, rightfully so, are just a little nervous. Like, well, does that mean I have to choose? Mm. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of players that choose money. Now, yeah. on the flip side, Russia not being involved mm. changes the whole dynamic. Like the they, whole landscape is they were now the cash cow. Diff. Oh my God. Times literally a million. And <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> and so, yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see how, so all these things are happening at the same time. And it, it makes it where there's a lot of unknowns in women's mm. basketball right now. And I think all of us are just kind of hoping for the best. Yeah. No, and and I can I can understand the argument behind prioritization, right? Like it makes sense. You want this. That's kind of what US Soccer did to us. They were like, you national yeah. team players can go play over there, but you're not going to get your allocation money or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um so they tried to make it this the priority, which it's it has helped the league grow. Um but it's it makes 
players have to make hard decisions. Yeah, which, really hard decisions. Um, hard decisions. And we might lose talent. Them. We might lose yeah. talent because talk of this. about talk about not wanting to water down the league. You yeah, know, your some yeah. of your best players might not be um, making this one the priority, which will be interesting to see what plays out. The risk they wanted to run. True. Shoulder, shoulder shrug. <laughs> That's it. And only time will tell, like you said. Yeah. Um, all right. Now we're going to go back in time a little bit okay. to UConn days. Okay. Um, so before you got to UConn, they had mm-hmm. only won one national championship. Yeah. So how did you end up there? Okay. I mean, proximity, I can understand. But yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, how did you end up there? And how, or what was like Gino's? I like just calling him Gino, but I feel like Perfect. I'm being disrespectful. Um, no, he would love it. Okay, great. Because some player, the, I've had a I lot of UConn. I will not call him Gino, but you are. Got more. it. Yeah, because yeah. all the players call him Coach, Coach, Coach. Oriema. Yes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, I'm going to call him Gino because that was a struggle. Um, well, I heard he partied with you guys once. So I feel like Megan told man. me some story how he like showed up somewhere. You guys were, where were we? Let me not, I don't even, I'm going to mess this story up. You were somewhere, but it wasn't like some major competition. You were just like in some city playing a friendly and he like rolled into like the hotel bar and hung out with you guys. I remember people <laughs> talking about him being there. Yeah. I don't so know if can... I personally partied okay. with him. If you're going to say like, you know, we're cheersing, uh, maybe, <laughs> but Pino might have been doing Oh, that. I'm sure she um, did, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, so point is, you can all call him Gino. Great. Gino it is for me. Um, how did Gino get you to UConn, or was it like a already decided in little Sue's mind? <laughs> little Sue. Um, a little bit of both. It was definitely the front runner. Okay. Um, some of it was proximity. That wasn't that big of a – it was like part of it, um, but it was just – it felt right. It just did. Like this is the place that felt right. Um, but what happened was there was two other point guards that were, that committed my class. Okay. So they, they've like already committed. And I was kind of like, well, what does that mean for me? And they were like, well, they didn't, th- these weren't like exact words, but the gist was like the vibe was, well, if you have confidence in yourself, this won't matter. And I'm like, okay. I'm like 17 years old. I know. Like, tell you to like a child basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Um, but that's, I mean, truth be told, that's, that is kind of how they operate and it actually does work. Yeah. Like it does make you like look to yourself for the confidence. I digress. So <laughs> I also visited Stanford and Vanderbilt. So those were like my final three. God, you could have been a cardinal. I could have been a cardinal. Oh, what could have been? Yeah, oh. I know. You guys are just thick as thieves, aren't you? <laughs> we are. We love each other. <laughs> love each other so much. Um, <laughs> you hate Stanford. I feel like. I'm, no, no, I actually don't. I'm okay, just like... Great oddly surrounded by it uh, yeah, yeah, like my that agent happens. went to Stanford mm. like my financial advisor went to Stanford good like people. I have friends yeah good I've got teammates people. went to Stanford yeah you're right you're right you're right <laughs> um so yeah so long story short is how I say it those schools just kind of like so my heart was saying UConn mm. but those schools just kind of like crept in a little bit because of this like point guard situation um and actually what ended up happening was one of the point guards that did commit took their commitment back so kind of opened it up a little bit and did they then, find out that you were going and they're like oh i don't want to i don't even want to you know, try to compete for another with that pod, girl. it's for another podcast <laughs> okay. it's for another day have you on part two <laughs> heard some things i've heard some things um, drama. so yeah so then coach ram was like final words to me or i i think i said to him like oh my heart says connecticut but and he basically was just like well i hope you follow your heart and that was kind of like his final words to me but like i said it was always it kind of was always uconn from day one all right so I love that, by the way. Um, still wish Stanford would have won. But <laughs> did you have any, did you have like a welcome to UConn moment your freshman year? Um, welcome to UConn moment? No, nah, I mean, I will say my dad, so my dad wanted me to go to Stanford or Vanderbilt, oh, but okay. Stanford, like, you know, Mr. Academic Guy. <laughs> and he was like, are you sure you want all your friends to be from Connecticut? Are you sure? I love that's the argument. You want to marry someone from Connecticut? Are you basically what he was saying is like I'm going to some like, I mean, listen, it's UConn. We we our our claim to fame isn't the basketball; it's that we're a top twenty public school. <laughs> that's a great claim to fame. I think we're like twenty, but that's fine. Um, no, but it's a state school, and now when I go back on campus, I'm blown away by like 
all that's available. The buildings, it's what they have. Yeah, it's super nice. That was not. Oh yeah, you guys did your uh, your heat, heat session. Yeah. yeah, I was like, this is Yukon. I did not. That's not how I pictured it at all. Because that's not. That's new. All okay. of that stuff is new. Not where you were, because you guys were in Gamble, right? Like that in was the. Old. Yeah, yes. Gamble's old, but that's like part of the charm. Yeah. No, it was great. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, the history. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a commuter school when I went. Like, oh. for real. So it was like 90% parking lots on campus. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Um, so, yeah. So my welcome to UConn moment was basically just like, I'm here for basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't, there isn't like a specific, I did tear my ACL my freshman year. So I actually got to like enjoy my freshman year a little bit more than I think I would have if I was still playing. So there's that. But, um, yeah, it was just, my dad was right. It was like heavy on the Connecticut population. <laughs> Everyone I met. Gino, mm-hmm. known as a coach that tells it like it is, mm-hmm. um, has no issue publicly <laughs> criticizing players. To me, I'm like, oh, he's yeah. just saying truthfully. Do you think he's a dying breed when it comes to coaches? Oh, um, hmm. I do. I do. But some of it is maybe rightfully so. Um, I do think there's like a shift in mm-hmm. how younger players react to certain things. So I think, and I think Coach Ryan would tell you this himself, like you have to adapt, like as you go through this. He, he, at one point, he and I even had a conversation where I asked him, like, what's something that, and he was like, oh, like adaptability. Mm. Like I have to be able to. Great but yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, but like. <laughs> The way he was with us and even the generations before me, the stories I hear, it's, I don't know that it would hit the same on, on the current generation. And it's like, I hate to give that like generalization of a generation that every, it's like everybody has different buttons that you can push, right? It doesn't matter what year you were born, but I feel like generally you can kind of sort of say it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) People are like, oh, they're soft. I don't think they're soft. I think it's just like they were raised different in a different society with you know, iPads and internet and things like that. And it's just like, things are different. It is actually very interesting because you, you are, and myself again, not as old as you, but like, I have a 19 year old on my team, Trinity, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. I ha I'm playing with 20, 20, are you learning 22. all the TikTok? Dances? Oh my God. Like the, the, sure. the, the vernacular and the book, like, it's just the vocab. You're in your bag. Um, you gotta get yeah, in your bag like, a little bit. No cap. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. the other one. like it's giving, I, they're going to make fun of me for even saying this, but, yeah. um, it is interesting seeing the shift in players and like how they, mm-hmm. and what they need. And it's like, it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying no. that. I just don't, I don't like when it's like, oh, they're softer. Like, yeah, it's just they're different. Yeah. yeah. Which they might be a little soft, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, senior year at yeah. UConn, would you say that's the best women's college basketball team ever? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Zero, no zero hesitation. Um, I mean, yeah, you, guys went, I you guys went 39 and zero that year. You won yeah. second national championship. And here's the crazy stat. You, only one of your wins came by less than 10 points. Yeah, Virginia Tech, right? I think it was uh, Virginia Tech. It, it, yeah, over Virginia, 59-50. So there it is. We were losing that game. That thing, were that you? Game was, that game was wild. Like, what were, wild. What, were, what were practices like? Like, what was... <laughs> um, we were, you know, practices weren't that crazy. They okay. were, it's like we had already done the crazy stuff the years prior, like, you know, four hour practices where you're getting your ass kicked and like running around like crazy and you know, all that, all that. It wasn't like that my senior year. We were just like a well-oiled machine by mm. that time. So we would like get in, get out, had a couple of hiccups, like that Virginia Tech game. That was at a point in time where like, you know, you go through a season, there's always those ebbs and flows. It was definitely um, an ebb, I guess. Um, does that make sense? Ebb, yeah. Flow? yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, otherwise it was just a well-oiled machine. Like we... We just, we played in a way that, I don't know, we just knew each other so well. And I think that's really what separates it. I could sit here and tell you the talent was crazy, like where we all got drafted and the careers we all had, it speaks for itself. But what separates it, I think, compared to other teams is just the way in which we played together. Mm. It was, it was, the chemistry was amazing. Would you say you... I was one of the leaders. Yeah. So what was your leadership style like? 
in terms of the fact that you were like, we we should win this. We know we're gonna we we should. Well, we win had this. a huge disappointment. High. We had a huge disappointment the year before. Yeah, like huge loss in the final four in dramatic fashion. Yeah, it was bad. Um, yeah, it was bad to Notre Dame. Um, right? Yeah, yeah. To this day, pretty sure I don't think about it, but like pretty sure it's the worst loss. Haunts Just given you. given the stage and all the things. Um, so we were. It, 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 that's what I'm trying to say. Like there wasn't a lot that needed to be said that year. Mm. It was coming off this disappointment and everybody, it was like, cut the article out of the paper, pin it to your locker type vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah everybody yeah. was like laser focused. Totally. Um, but yeah, in terms of leadership, I'm probably the same now, same my whole career that I was then. It's not, I'm not like some crazy verbal leader where I'm like hyping everybody up. Um, I just try to be consistent. I try to have relationships with everyone and I try to be honest. And I feel like with that, you kind of, develop this equity, if mm. you will, with people. Mm-hmm. And then in the tough moments, when you do have to check someone or be like, yo, get your head out of your ass, they know it's coming from a good place. Totally. And so they can they can respect that. Yeah. That's in a nutshell how I describe it. I love it. Um, well, you got to end your college career on high. Um, yeah. Really high, high, like undefeated season, win the national championship. Um, I'm very jealous. Um, every, every time I talk to an athlete that's won a national championship or multiple college NCAA championship, I'm like, I never got one, but um, I digress now. You get drafted to Seattle, mm-hmm. and obviously your dad was like, wanted you to go West Coast, but then you went to UConn. You became friends <laughs> with only UConn, people from Connecticut. Um, how did you feel getting drafted, being sent all the way across the country? I mean, I hate, I was miserable. Were you? Like, yeah, my first when year it happened miserable. or once you got here? Um, or here? Seattle. Yeah, no, not yet. I'm um, you're here. Um, it was so it was interesting. It was like basketball wise, best place I could have gotten mm. drafted. Lauren Jackson was already here. This like amazing Australian player already establishing herself. Um, even though she's drafted a year ahead of me, she's actually a year younger. Like she's this young up and coming post player, and immediately we click. It's like okay. classic. You know, people say like Stockton Malone, like the pick and roll, just like immediately click. But it was like super far from New York, super far from my friends and family. It was a city I didn't really know, obviously. I I did my best to try to get out, but it was just all, it all happened very fast. Like we win the national championship, you know, I think like- The draft happens really quickly. Very quickly, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I was lucky in that I was being like whisked to all the like different awards banquets that year for like player of the year and stuff. But what no that meant deal. was, slide <laughs> that in. Um, but what it meant was I, I like, I barely, I bet I slept in my dorm room, like who knows, like four times in the final like month of my college career. So it just happened very fast. I wasn't ready. And I'm definitely that person where like, I don't love change. It's hard. I, I get like homesick in a way. I mean, but this is true. This is going to sound crazy. This happened to me in Russia. I'll spend mm. a whole season in Russia. And on the day we have to go home, I'm kind of like, oh, but I got comfortable here. <laughs> like, I, this is home now, you know? There's yeah. just that moment. So for me, my first season in Seattle, that moment pretty much lasted mm. the whole season. But by year two, I ended up loving it. I ended up buying a place by year three. So the rest is history. And you've played your entire career yeah. in Seattle. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah, I love it. I think that's a record now for a professional athlete. I don't know. I feel like it has to be. I mean, it's it's definitely up there with like the Dirk Nowitzki's. Yeah, and yeah, it's definitely up there. Or right, Brian, obviously. Yeah, that's true. Um, how did winning your first WNBA title compare to winning a national championship? Pretty fun. <laughs> so in some ways, it was harder because just the, what we talked about earlier about the competition of the WNBA. So in a lot of ways it was harder. Um, the difference was what made, so it was harder from like an actual playing talent, you know, tit for tat. It was harder. What made UConn a little bit harder was the expectation. Mm. Like if you don't win, you're a bum. Like if you don't win, I always joke, I say this all the time, but I go back to where the practice facility is and I walk in there I mean, for your listeners, I've literally told this story a thousand times. So if anyone's heard it before, I haven't heard it. Perfect. So you walk in there and it's like all these banners and it's all the all American banners. And they list the year, like how many times you were an all American and how many times you were a national player of the year. And my banner, I, I have 2000, whatever, 2001 to 2002. 
And like, I look like, a, I was like, I feel pretty good about that, right? Like I was national player of the year one time. I'm, I'm kind of thrilled about this. And you look at like Brianna Stewart, Diana Taurasi, Maya Moore, Svetlana Brasimova. And I look like a bum. I'm like, oh my God, I look like a fucking bum up there. You were lazy. You yeah, just like, coasted. Oh, you only did it once? Yeah. Like even, even Brianna Stewart. Brianna Stewart's on my team here in Seattle. She's She won four national championships. She's like, oh, that's cute. You have two. I'm like, dang. But anyway, the expectations were wild. Yeah. And in Seattle, we were doing it for the first time. Mm. So it's like I could I could argue both being like having their difficulties, but also achieving it. Like what the feeling was like to live up to expectations is tough. As you know, you play on a freaking national team to do something for the first time, as you probably know, with Washington now. It's like yeah. it's, pretty, it's pretty special. You kind of hold on to that dearly. Totally. So totally. I actually, lovely. I'm, yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because that's a great way to put it. Like it's, oh, I met expectations versus first time doing it. And that's, mm-hmm. that is a hundred percent how I felt with Washington last year. And yeah. it's like, I've said this before now winning the NWSL championship, because it was my first NWSL championship. It was Washington spirits. and first felt almost as, as close as winning a world cup. Like that's yeah, how like much I wanted. Satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, crazy. Um, that's a great way to put it. You you sum that up very well. Um, all right. I've been doing this for years. You'll yeah, catch up soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll catch uh, up soon. Why do you think I'm hosting this podcast? I, just I know. You keep pointing more. out that you're younger than me, so I <laughs> Listen, okay, the that. reason, the reason, <laughs> okay, but after Tokyo, I got asked multiple times, so are you retiring? retirement? Like, this, yeah. this, and I was like, out of here what are you talking about like no what take it as a compliment no i mean is that a good, like is it i feel like i i've twisted it in my head the compliment is that like you're of a certain age but clearly you're still killing it because you're on the team like clearly you're still killing it because you're doing all these things but the age part everyone's like there's no way somebody could play into this age oh you yeah. must okay. be retiring and I you're like actually no boo, i'm here yeah <laughs> yeah right here so it's like they just don't expect people at certain ages that's to true. be able to perform at a high level, there's therein lies the compliment. Like I said, you got to twist it around a little bit, but true, eventually totally. you convince yeah. yourself. Listen, that's how <laughs> that's how you stay in this profession long enough. Um, all right, I got a quick like section of who you got with Sue. So okay. we're gonna go over WNBA your takes. So first one, who's on your Mount Rushmore of oh, all time WNBA players? <laughs> I hate this one. Um, so it's going to be real bias because it's as it should be all these people I've played with. Um, so it's very quickly. It goes, the first three are very easy for me. Diana Taurasi, Lauren Jackson, Brianna Stewart. These are three players I played with that are my best friends are like amazing to play with. And I've seen firsthand the greatness. So it's, it's like, I will never deviate from those three. Ever. I appreciate that. And I respect it. The fourth one, the fourth one, some days I say Lisa Leslie, some days I say Cheryl Swoops. Some days I say Maya Moore. Some days I say Tina Thompson. It's it's just... Do any so, of the days you say yourself? No. <laughs> you said... What? <laughs> if there was a starting five, then I would probably pick myself. Oh, my God. I'm Okay, you're going on the Mount Rushmore. Let's just, <laughs> just end that one there. Classic hoops question. Is the WNBA softer today than it was 20 years ago? Um, No. I would okay. definitely not say it's softer. I don't think so either. Um, yeah, it's um, it's different, but it's not softer. Okay. And the, and the different, I think, is a good thing. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's more talent. There's more talent, more athleticism, more more. It's like evolution. Yeah, I feel like they say it about NBA too. You know, and it's like yeah. I mean, the referees do change how things are. So what I could say was, what I could say is, before we put before they put defensive three seconds in our mm-hmm. league, um, it's a, it's like our our games can get pretty bloodbathy. Like the NBA, they kind of like bought, they're able to like move freely. We still we the way the referees call our game, it's still very physical. Um, mm-hmm. But it, but you still have defensive three seconds, so people could just stand in the paint and it clogged things up. It made yeah. it like even more of a wrestle match. That mm-hmm. has dramatically changed things. But no, I wouldn't say softer at all. Okay, fair enough. Um, who's the best dressed player in the WNBA? Oh, um, there's some good ones. People are starting to like really yeah. get into it. Um, I really like, uh, there's a lot that I like. I really like Diamond to Shields. She always 
I think I saw her fit on first day of season and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. She takes risks, but she like changes it up. I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, who's the hardest player in the league to guard today? Like currently? Yeah. Um, probably Arike. Ah, we just had her on the pod. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. They're your, your home, your uh, producers and whatnot were telling me. Um, yeah, she's great. Yeah. I'm not just saying that because she was on your pod. <laughs> okay. um, she's really, really tough to guard. Silky? Smooth on the ball? What, what is she, it? Yeah, no. She has like a smoothness to her game and like a, she plays like with ease, but it's like power mm. there's like a a jolt of speed coming at you like when she gets when she gets downhill she is like very powerful with it you can't let her get downhill but does have the finesse to it she'll yeah. like get downhill and make some like really difficult layup which requires so much touch so much finesse so she's got that compliment of course she can shoot from the outside too but yeah she's tough putting up a layup is like they told me little baby cat don't put it up too hard yeah. you know no you um, gotta be careful yeah i mean i don't know i'm like i'm the opposite of the layup takers i'm not not doing that much these days oh, maybe yeah. 10 years ago um <laughs> if you is there what's what's the biggest what if in your career like do you think you could have won another championship at uconn is there um, anything that you're like yeah i do have one um kind of they're kind of one in the same but it's it's, it's kind of too. So we win in 2018. This is very recent. Mm-hmm. We win in 2018. We, we have the whole roster back. Stewie tears her Achilles and I have to have this like knee surgery. So I'm, we're both out all season. So mm-hmm. we never get the chance to repeat. Mm-hmm. But then we, but then we come back and we, you could even argue the roster in 2020 was better than 2018. And we win then. And then free agency hits us super hard. So the answer to your question is like, I'm not saying we would have won four years in a row. That would have been hard. But I think we were knocking on the door of a dynasty. Mm. And whether it was injuries for one year, free agency another, we never got to see if that was the case. So that's a big what if for me. I um, that's I, I like that one. I mean, it sucks, but that's yeah, a good, that's a good. Um... So I'm like, yeah, we got two of them. We got to win twice. So I guess I can't, I can't yeah. play too much. For sure. Um, all right. I got to ask about. Diana, because you guys are close, but she's uh-huh. famous for her trash talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, has she ever trash talked you? And if so, what's like the coldest, meanest nah. thing she's said to you on the court? Nothing? Nah, yeah, no. She's actually, every now and then, well, we actually played like less than a week ago. I know, I saw was, the... Yeah, yeah, the whole... <laughs> that was like funny because that was just like classic us. Like, listen, we played overseas together for... Of my 10 years, we played seven of them together. And so when you're overseas, anyone tell you, like, it's just downtime. You're just hanging out. You're talking. At some point, you run out of things to talk about. You argue about this. You argue about that. That was just like a classic us. Yeah. Like, just like neither one wants to give in. Doesn't even matter who's right or wrong. It was Like, we'll die on that hill. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Um, And that's probably what you saw. That's probably the quote unquote worst we've ever you know, talk really? trash to, yeah, we don't really get into it. All right. Yeah, we don't really get into it. There's been like some more you, funny ones. Like one you time think you know, she'll like make fun of my shoes, like stupid uh, stuff like that. Do you think it's because she knows you would have something good to say back or no? No, I, I think feel it's like that I know. No, I think it's that I know that she thrives. Oh, uh, so you don't even play into in it. The tr- no. Don't I stoke don't that it. fire. No. Yeah, she, I, she thrives. On, I don't thrive in it. She thrives in it. So I'm like just being smart. Yeah, that's I like that. <laughs> but it never like every now and then we have moments where we're like, really do with you know like kind of like that. That's yeah. it though. We move yeah. up quick. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. Um, all right, a lot of basketball questions. But now, so retirement's on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, you became, uh, how would you say, it? owner founder of Together Media Company, mm-hmm. female founded. Um, what went into that decision and is that something that you're looking towards doing when you're done? Um, yes, I'm looking forward to being way more involved. Um, it's, it's been so it's the whole process has been like one part amazing, one part super rewarding. And it's definitely speaking to me in like a producing, creating content, just getting involved, finding different stories, like all the things. And I'm really looking forward to getting more involved. 
um, the way it started was Alex Morgan. She basically called all three of us, myself, Simone Manuel, Chloe Kim. And the whole like theme was, you know, we always, as female athletes, we always talk about not getting the coverage that men do yet. You know, there are things like Players Tribune or Uninterrupted, and they do a, they do a phenomenal job of covering sports, but like it's still very skewed towards male, like without a doubt. I, I mean, ninety ten probably, like maybe yeah. less. So it's kind of like similar to just women's sports. It's kind of like, well, let's put our you know, figurative money where our mouth is. Like we complain about this all the time. Like what are we going to do about it? And so when Alex presented it that way, like this is something. This is a way we can do something about it. It was like, oh, no brainer. I'm in. Yeah. And that's kind of the, yeah, that's kind of the crux of it all. And you've enjoyed it. Yeah. It's been really fun. It's, it's, there's so much to learn in this world. Right. Um, but at the same time, yeah, like I think the rewarding, I think the word rewarding is how I would put it. Yeah. That's a great descriptor. Um, all right. Taking up a lot of your time, but I do have to ask about, you know, our mutual connection, Pino, <laughs> Megan yeah. to you. Um, what is, what's the most important thing that she's taught you? Oh man. Um, well, Megan has like this, I'm like, can she hear me? (laughs) Megan has this, um, like unflappable confidence to her. She does. It's just like, you can't really knock her off that. She's just so, she just like knows who she is and is just, this is what this is. And I feel like what I've learned from, she's opened my eyes to, to just kind of like being true to yourself and like just living in that in that space, which is not it's not easy for me. I don't think it's easy for a lot of people. Like totally, a doubt always creeps in at different times. Um, and just to be like that sure about things, and the way that shows up for her, I mean, it shows up in so many ways. But yeah. the ways that I see it, it just seems like it's actually she appears like lighter mm-hmm. because like she's, she's not herself. as heavy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like she's, she's exactly not carrying she right. She's not carrying all these burdens. And so I've really learned a lot from her in just how she. Yeah, like how she presents, right? And it's not just the public facing stuff. Like, I mean, you could say too, it's like, it's the same. What you see is literally what you get. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's, I think that's probably, that's probably where she's opened my eyes the most. What do you think you've taught her? Um, uh, <laughs> all the good things. Yeah, all, everything good you see now. No, <laughs> um, like how to eat right, how to, no. Um, I think I'm, she's, definitely more um not emotional in terms of like boohooing but like has emotional reactions she's definitely more like spontaneous in a way in terms of when she like sees something she says something i'm like way more measured way more level-headed not that she's not level-headed but i'm just like and so i think that has crept a little bit into how she approaches things Mm. just like and and that's like the good thing we're like totally different yeah very good balance. So yeah. I've taken a little bit from her in that way. She's taken a little bit from me in that way. I what think. would you? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do agree. And she has um, raved about your breakfast sandwiches. So she, uh, that, that became a staple in her diet. I'm um, so happy because yeah. she hates on them. She's like, can we try something new? Really? Like, no. Yeah, okay, she's well, starting to hate on them a little bit. Uh, yeah. This is probably early on, early days. Yeah, it was yeah. early. <laughs> you know, when everything is. Yeah, exactly. It's great. <laughs> uh, best be- breakfast sandwich ever. Um, what is the hardest part of having a relationship that is so public because you guys are both public figures? Um, I think the easy answer is just like schedules yeah. and the time apart. Um, when you guys are doing your world cup thing, ugh, I <laughs> that mean, thing. that's a wild, yeah. Your schedule is insane. The amount of days you guys are gone. I mean, even Tokyo was, was one thing that was tough. Cause you guys were gone for, it felt like forever prior yeah. to going to Tokyo. I mean, I was lucky that we were lucky we got to see each other there, but <clears throat> excuse me, the world cup year was like, and then obviously you guys blew up, you win all the good things. And so she was even busy on the back end of that. So I think that's probably one of the harder parts mm. is just figuring out that scheduling and being away and kind of understanding, you know, if someone's busy, it's not personal, yeah. don't your feelings hurt, that kind of thing. <laughs> Sure. Um, but yeah, the public eye can be weird too. Like people, I don't know. It's like sometimes bit, I'll see yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> I'll see something in the comments where it's like, "You haven't posted any pictures of Megan." I'm like, "What do you? Oh, we broke up." Like what? <laughs> that doesn't bother me as much. That's more funny. But I'm yeah. like, hold up. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. 
Um, well, you guys handle it very well and gracefully, yeah, and I love you. you too, and the two of y'all together. So, um, thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. Closing questions. What is the best exercise for extending your career? Ooh. Um, I would say a tie between swimming and Pilates. Mm. Pino also Pilates. swimming a lot. Oh, yeah. She's a really good swimmer. <laughs> it's kind of fucking annoying. Yeah. Are you not? She's real. I'm like a, I'm like an okay swimmer. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was good. And then she like, her and Rach took like swim lessons when they were growing up. Yeah. She's really good swimmer. Yeah. Right. Um, Pilates for your core. It helps everything. If you have knee problems, it's going to help that. It helps your hips, yada, yada. And then swimming's like the cardio without the pounding. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Great. Great. Two points <clears throat> of advice for listeners. Because I agree. Um, yeah. What, what do you do? I know you're like. You're like okay. So this like is Miss Kill the Beep test. I feel like uh, this is what I've heard. If I heard we don't correctly, to, we don't. Yeah, we, but we don't okay. have to do that anymore. And that was in my twenties. Oh. Um, <laughs> thank, thank God. Um, no, my thing is like mobility and flexibility every single day. Do yeah. do your do a routine, have a routine, and because I one of these one of my friends, um, big into the health wellness space, basically was like you can do cardio and endurance every couple days and that's fine you don't need to do every day Mm -hmm. but mobility and flexibility every single day and that has been definitely a game changer for me um yeah um what what would you say your proudest athletic accomplishment is um you actually mentioned it in the bio read um i am very proud of the different decades thing dude Literally yeah. the coolest stat ever. <laughs> I am proud of that one. Um, because you know how it is when people get to talking about people's careers and sadly they feel the need to compare to others and whatnot. Um, I do think this is one thing that it just answers a lot of questions, you know? Yeah. It's like sustained, it's legacy, it's longevity, but it's also like the ability to win. Even though my role as a point guard, like that role didn't change much, from team to team, I was a different player from decade team to, to team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I was different. So being able to like reinvent myself, do it with like four totally, well, the last two were, were very similar, but three totally different teams, totally different styles, like two teams, amazing defensively. Mm. The last two, amazing offensively. Yep. So yeah, I think that that like actually sums up my career really well in terms of this whole like longevity piece. I, I couldn't agree more. Again, I think it's the coolest stat ever. Um, how do you take your coffee? A little bit of almond milk or oat milk, like whatever. So healthy of you. Yeah, you know. And if you're getting like an espresso drink, what are you doing? Oh, uh, probably an Americano. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, although I do, Cortados are like my afternoon go-tos. Nice. Our sponsors at WIS know that mentorship is key to building a more inclusive and positive some world and that a great coach or mentor can make all the difference in somebody's career. Who is the biggest inspiration in your life? Ooh, inspo? Inspo. Who is center of your mood board? Yeah, um, my sister. She, I know, so sweet. Um, Older or younger? Older, five years older. So it was just, I was really lucky to have this like role model in my house, right? Like every day getting to see her growing up, she was... She still is like incre- some of the stuff she does now. Even I'm like, holy shit, I couldn't. You know, she um she's a she was a lawyer. She's now a legal recruiter. Always really motivated, really like deter- put her mind to something. Forget it, it gets done. And a great mm-hmm. example is um, so she's a legal recruiter. That's like her her job. Um, she has two little girls, and she just decides one day about a year ago maybe um, I'm gonna open up a bookstore, like a local bookstore. And we were like, what? She's like, yeah, I think it'll be big fun reader for the girls. <laughs> Yeah, she is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so is her, her daughters. They're like, they're nine and seven and they like run through books. It's wild. It's great. So she was just like, yeah, I'm going to open up a local bookstore in my town. I think it'll be great for the family, great for the community. And so somehow like finds a way to do all that. So even time. to this day, yeah, even to this day, she's a, uh, she's definitely an inspiration for me. I love that answer. Sue, you are amazing. Truly. I like an absolute legend. It's been so fun to watch you play i'm excited to watch this 
potential final season and everything you've done off the court on the court you again just absolute legend inspiration thank you for being here and um i love that you and pino are cutie pies together because (laughs) i get to see you more as i say Um, you got someone cool to hang out with exactly exactly um (laughs) but yeah you're you're seriously you're phenomenal so thank you for the time today and thank um, you i really appreciate it this was fun good luck this this final run thanks i mean i'll see you playing in a couple days you will i will be there go spirits (laughs) (laughs) i think the rain need one now and did you did you do talk they? a little trash about him? Did do they? Do they? I don't talk trash. <laughs> it was just jokes, you know. It was just being oh, a little, just, just being a little silly. A little, a little and poker. I was like, oh god, that I'm was maybe a little premature. Whatever. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah, we, that's it. That's a wrap. We're done here. Right. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to tune in next week and hit the subscribe button to be alerted when a new episode drops. Our show is produced by Just Women Sports. For more amazing sports content, go to justwomensports.com and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I'm Kelly O'Hara, and you've been listening to The Players Pod. See you next time.